Hey everyone, welcome to Tales of Recovery. This is your host, Gris Alves, and what the F is happening in the world right now? What the fuck is happening and who are we? Who are we um, is kind of like the question that's been coming up here. Besides what's going on in this pandemic and this anxiety and this stress and fear that's coming up because everyone's worried about taking care of ourselves, saving ourselves, saving the planet. I would hope everyone's worried about saving the planet. Um, the question that keeps coming up to me is like, what can we learn and why are we so freaked out about staying home? Everybody's staying at home right now because we want to flatten the curve. We want to be responsible human beings. We're full of... Um, compassion and awareness that we're not alone this is happening all over the world and so we're home quarantining staying here i don't know if that's the way you say the word but quarantining or in quarantine whatever we're staying home and i have a lot of messages and friends and people that are just so freaking bored and they can't stand staying put in my opinion, this has been such a beautiful opportunity. This is a freaking opportunity to know and to become aware of how much we're running from ourselves and running from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. Some things might be great, but a lot of times I think we're overworked because of the programming that we have been really like drinking, you know? We've been drinking this programming of success and what life has to be and all the things we have to do. And we're so busy making money to create uh, a life that we think is going to be the life we want. And some of us might be creating the life that we want, but a lot of us, I think, have been programmed to create a life for others. And as you have to sit with yourself, and this is going to take a while, I think in about another week or so, uh, or maybe two weeks, I don't know. It, eventually your body and your central nervous system starts to be more accustomed to not going and doing and if these and if we are able to mindfully choose how we spend our time and i mean i see a lot of people going online creating exercise programs and yoga and different workout videos and um, meditations and people are journaling and getting creative. And what will we do without the internet, right? We're contacting so many other friends and hopefully you're not watching the news all day long. But as we, it's kind of like when you go on retreat, like the first two, three days, you're like, what the hell is going on? And eventually you fall into a rhythm of slow, slower pace. And um, I mean, we're trying i mean what would we do without the internet right now we'd be sending smoke signals to our friends or messages with pigeons telepathy I, I don't really know but i think there's a lot of beautiful things that we can unpack during this time and i've been thinking a few um which is number one we don't know how to sit still with ourselves we haven't been really digging deep into feeling emotions and grief and ancestral trauma and issues that we've had because we're so busy getting entertained by the movies and video games and making money and traveling and meeting this person and successfully doing this and that and then sending all of these um 
unnecessary anxieties unto our children so that they can have success and they can go here and they can do this and that and we're not a hundred percent aware of how fast this can end what's happening right now is that we are a hundred percent aware of how fast this can end and we're technically really freaked out about dying and about getting sick or losing a loved one or not being able um to get to the hospital on time and get our own room to heal and continue to doing whatever the hell it is we've been doing. So the other thing also is like this programming and social conditioning um, is an opportunity for us to ask a bunch of questions like how has whatever you've been doing in your life up to now served you in this moment? Like literally, if you got the coronavirus and you're going to die in a week or in two days, what would you be able to to look back on and and see in your life? Wow, I've had such a great life. Too bad the virus took me out. Or what the fuck? I still have so much more things to do. And of course, life is precious. Nobody wants to die. We want to continue. We are created. I mean, we have this gift of a organic human body and we want to live in it. This is a conduit for life, for energy, for God for creative consciousness, whatever you want to call it. But besides that, would you be able to ask yourself, um, how have I lived my life up to now and have a satisfactory answer? You know, would you be able to say, because like some of the questions I ask some of my friends now is like, I ask you now, how has your faith served you up until today? Like you're seeking, because now everyone's seeking God, right? Seeking help, oh, praying. And and in a state of emergency, that's just the human condition. That's how it all got started anyway. You know, you you don't have anywhere else to go. You don't have any other options. Well, let's ask the outer stars and the planets and the gods and goddesses out there to please help. And I love that. I mean, I've, you know, I've, back and forth struggled with different faith ideas but i've always had a sense of devotion when i've sat still and know that we're not alone but i ask you now how has your seeking this faith served you has it been to restrict you from certain things has it been to cause you to be feeling guilty about what you do is it only for emergencies has your faith only served you for you know certain parties or sacraments that you celebrate among others and just kind of have a big show and a big, you know, party? Or um, has it been maybe for a financial gain? Or could you really say that it has been for a true discovery of who you are outside this body and why you are here inside this body in this planet? You know, like, what is your magic? But this is the question that you or we could be asking ourselves right now. You know, the the other thing that I think is interesting is how, you know, there's no more school. All of our kids are at home. And I mean, I've always wanted to homeschool my kids and never really got the chance to because I used to have a full-time job. And then when I finally quit my job and worked from home and I'm doing my own like entrepreneur hustle here and there, I am here, I am present. You know, my kids are older now. Um, my daughter was finishing high school and my son's just in high school and so he really enjoys going to school and playing sports and hanging out with his friends but he's completely bored about the education that he's receiving and so I ask you know everyone's 
you know, what are we going to teach our kids here? But honestly, what the hell did they learn in high school anyway? I mean, yeah, there might be some good, you know, teachers. And this is just my point of view. You know, if you don't like this, you can just skip on to the next podcast or turn it off or whatever. But I think high school is for learning to have um, fun, <laughs> to navigate the world of relationships, to create community. But what you learn in the classes, I don't remember anything. I mean, I remember a few cool things like, I don't know, dissecting a frog or a cat and some cool arts on humanities. There was maybe one or two books that I actually really wanted to read. Everything else was just force fed and I didn't really care for it. Most of, um, you know, I drop off my kid in school and he's like, bye mom, I'm going to go get brainwashed. You know, we joke about it, but it's true. Like, what are they feeding them? We have an opportunity now to actually watch cool documentaries with them and go outside and get some fresh air and talk about really the emotions that are coming up and what do you want to learn? And, you know, could we get more creative about not, you know, requesting that our kids that are 10 through 18 or whenever they graduate from school to be sitting down all day listening to a teacher that might not be so interested in whatever the hell they're teaching some teachers are amazing but some teachers are just doing the thing getting paid and paying their bills and getting frustrated without really seeing the different needs there's no freaking way that we can assume that every freaking kid needs to learn the same way and there are some schools that do different but could we have school outdoors the kids should be climbing trees and you know, trying to, you know, chop wood, carry water, <laughs> learn how to build a boat and grow your own food. Know where their food is even coming from and know what you're eating, how it affects your body, but in a tangible way, not just from a book. Um, you know, I think I would love to have a school in a farm working with animals and, you know, riding horses and just different um different ideas. So now that the kids are home from school, yeah, you know, there's a lot of, you know, video games and TV and whatever, but we're going to have to get pretty creative here coming up soon because if you don't have online school, and even if you do, what in the hell, man? Here we are now at home learning the same stuff that is required so that the schools can pass the testing and show everybody in the government that we have high test scores but low emotional intelligence. What the hell's up with that? I say we, you know, use this as an opportunity to consume compassion and just grow compassion. And um, I don't know, man, read a book together, go outside and hug a tree with social distancing, of course. Uh, and if you can, you might not be able to. So I don't know, maybe right now you just have to watch a couple of movies here with trees in it. But that's one of the other opportunities. The fourth one, of course, is relationships. Like who are we? Or who have we really been hanging out with? Are your relationships for gain, for success, to know this person and that person so that you can get invited to this party or that party or be able to have that new contract and grow your business? Or are your relationships really seeking uh, community and sincere love? Um, that's just a question, you know, and it's different at all seasons of life i understand that but today right now with this pandemic in your face who are your true relationships and how are you cultivating those and um 
it's okay to make new ones, you know, it's okay to not want to talk to this or that person and, and maybe grow and expand in somebody who's more in a different vibration or different frame, um, thought frame or different, um, views of life. And, um, can we really seek relationships for love and connection instead of just for using people? I don't know. That's just a question that is coming up in this opportunity that we have as we hmm, are stuck in our homes for the next two, three weeks or 30 days or who knows how long we're going to be in here. <laughs> but the choices that we can have now are um, to learn to to really see, okay, what is the magic that is inside of my body? Why am I so desperate to live and to uh, survive, right? This flight or fight, this survival instinct that is so inside of us and it's so um, sending signals now to our body. You know, we a lot of us are feeling deep, deep grief, fear, anxiety, depression. These are all signals that we are so wanting to live but well in health in balance and equanimity and we've been robbed of this because of the programming because of the rushing to succeed and because whatever sometimes it could just be the life circumstance that we don't have opportunities to um i don't know to have an easier life financially and we have to work and you have to hustle because you have to make ends meet but another thing is also, why do we need so much money to make ends meet? How can we learn now to downsize? Because I'm noticing as well, like, oh, we don't need to buy this or pay that or or, um, or even go out to the store and buy much more food now. I'm thinking, okay, let's, how about we eat everything that we have here and grow? I have some vegetables outside. I'm, you know, we're beginning to build a little chicken coop so we can have chickens and have our own fresh eggs and just noticing some of the things that we've taken for granted in this beautiful planet that we are just running dry to the bone and i'm you know an activist one day and then i just get really tired the next day so i'm not judging anybody i'm just bringing up these questions of like who are we and what are we doing here running so hard and if we can just explore these things now that we are literally looking you know well, what we're looking at is death in the face. And the five, I, I've read this before in another podcast, but like, what are the five top regrets of the people that are dying? You know, and in the end, what matters is, um, is the really the question right now is what is really going to matter? And so, you know, the top five regrets of the dying are, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life that others expected of me. So during this time, if we could use it to reflect and grow instead of panic and go hoard all the toilet paper, but preparing is one thing, but sharing with others, asking who else needs help because it's important to, to, to look inward, but also look outward. And we, now I'm going off a rabbit hole. Let me get back to these five top regrets of the dying. So the number one top regret of the dying is, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life others expected of me. Um, so that's a question you could think about, like during this time, maybe, you know, what, 
really did I have I been creating with my life? Is this what I really wanted or is this I'm doing this for my parents or society or grandparents or whoever? What did I really, really want to do with my life? If you had the coronavirus and you're going to die or if you're on your deathbed, what would you answer to this question? Number two, regret of the dying is I wish I hadn't worked so hard and, you know, missed out on so many things like missed out on um, just enjoying and really delighting in the kids that you have. You know, kids are, we say kids are a lot of work because we expect these little kids to act like adults and go to school and sit down. And we, I think, miss the point that we're supposed to be running out in the wild and climbing trees and just putting our feet in the sand and in the dirt and enjoying nature. And that is a different way of experiencing life than expecting us to just sit and, and, um, and stay so that the parents can be calm because they're tired from overworking all day. And so, you know, I just, I'm really glad that I'm not working so hard anymore that I got off that, um, hamster wheel about a couple of years ago. Well, it's been almost two years of September, but I'm working on these myself. I'm just bringing this up to, to just like think about and process. So number three regret of the dying is I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Now, as sentient beings, we've been robbed also of allowing these feelings of grief and sadness to come up because we get shamed by it. Or, you know, we, we get told to like, just go take this little pill or go pray a little harder or you have everything. Why are you so sad? Um, especially if you're... Uh, in a specific situation where you're privileged enough to have a meal every day or a roof over your head. And so feelings are energy and they get stuck in our bodies and sometimes we just feel or <laughs> that we can't express them or we think, we don't feel, we think we can't express these things. And so expressing our feelings, telling people how much we love them, whether that feels weird or not, just what they mean to us or how they hurt you or how you felt in a particular situation now and again, instead of playing this game about pretending and not saying things because what will they think? What will they say? Let's just express and have the courage to express our feelings. That's the number three regret of the dying. Number four is, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And, you know, that's one of the opportunities of this time that we're just sitting at home um, or spending more time at home or even and some of us might not some of I know that some of my friends that work in grocery stores or, or gardening and uh, growing food and providing food for everybody don't have this much time off and thank you guys you guys are amazing um, but if we can stay in touch with our friends and we have not this is a great opportunity for zoom and facetime and whatsapp I've had really cool conversations with and texting and calling friends that I haven't seen in a long time because now we have time to connect. And yes, right now we maybe not be able to connect in person, but call one of your old friends, man, and see how they're doing. Um, it's 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 cool to cultivate friends and community and, and just remember how much you used to laugh together or or uh, or even ask how they're feeling. You know, how can we help them? Is another thing as we connect and stay in touch with friends. The number five um, regret of those that are about to die is I wish I had let myself be happier. 
I wish I had let myself be happier. I think we have so much pressure to perform in a specific way. Then we always think like there's this carrot out in front of us. And until we get to the carrot, then we can be happy. And until we achieve this and that, then we can be happy. And there's sure for sure moments of peace and happiness and laughter. But can we allow ourselves to just fuck the pressure, man, and the oppression and all this ancestral trauma that we don't want to look at and we don't want to deal with? Um, a lot of times we don't want to blame or, 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 or look into or digest what, what we live with our parents or our grandparents or our immediate family, because we feel guilty and that we shouldn't be saying these things. It's okay to go in there and investigate and see and notice because as we heal our own ancestral trauma, our own, um, unprocessed emotions, we help our parents and our, and our, and our elders and our ancestors. We help them heal as we understand. So talking about these things allow for this um, letting go of expectations of how parents should have been or, or uncles and aunts should have been or whatever should have been. And we begin to release this ancestral trauma or expectations. And as the healing flows, we heal them and we allow ourselves to be happier because then we're not carrying this guilt and this oppressed emotions, you know, and that's something that we really need to give us ourselves the opportunity to notice, to acknowledge, to feel these emotions, to, to become aware that we're not the only ones that think, you know, that we were, I don't know, maybe dealt a bad hand in life or that, um, that we didn't really like how we grew up or that there were certain things that didn't make sense because as we work and as we sit still and allow these emotions to come up or or go to certain ceremonies and um, investigate through whether it be psychotherapy or a life coach or just a wise elder that sits and listens to you little by little these um, this in information starts to come up and the greater intelligence that actually drives your soul in this body is able to remember why it came here and also able to process some of these things and as we learn self-compassion we can allow ourselves to be happier without expecting that i have to reach point a b c or d before i can be happy or that my kids need to have this or that success before i can be happy it's one day at a time, one life right here, right now. And yeah, you know, it, it's a process and it's homework and it's, it's work to be able to sit still. I've been, um, during this time, I've, I've just begun to realize like we're here in this earth for four things that I think it's to love, to learn, to evolve and to serve. So love is the main thing, you know, like all we need is love. Life is a gift. Love is a point. Love wins. Love wins. Love wins. So we, we hear this word about love, but if we don't first love ourselves and allow us to sit and process this um, with open heart emotions, how are we going to learn? You know, we have to learn. And sometimes even learning about how um, we can love is part of the work we come to do here you know, breaking free of ideas and of um, programming and things that have happened to us. And very gently, very kindly, we can ask for help. And as we're learning, then we're evolving. We're growing as spiritual beings 
having a human experience. We're growing as um, we can maybe even just have a little bit of a easier and a better sense of humor and not take things so seriously. And also evolving in all the knowledge that's coming up here now with just how we are energetic beings and, you know, um, gosh, all of these like quantum physics discoveries. And as you meditate, I don't know if you guys meditate. I highly 100% recommend it. Sitting still is really hard for a lot of us to at we, when we begin it because we're not used to noticing what's happening in our bodies because we've been running and running and running and trying to achieve all this time. But when you begin to very gently be mindful of what's coming up, there is this opportunity to grow and to really, really open the conduit that our body is for this energy of love to come through. And I think that's part of our evolution process, you know. So we came to love to learn to evolve. And as we evolve, then we can better serve, which is the, like the last one. Like serving is like the coolest thing, you know, receiving a gift is cool, but giving a gift and seeing the, the eyes of the person, the reaction is even cooler. Being able to help somebody without expecting anything in return, not serving because then if you serve, then, you know, oh, the God will be on your side or you're going to go to heaven. Just serving because you're so full of love and you're so into your evolution of learning and growing that the next thing that just comes naturally is serving and then you know when we're about to die you could be at least um, content and um, satisfied with you know reaching out to friends and being able to serve you know and it's um it's 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 a hundred percent an opportunity i think this time of what the fuck is happening is how about we take this as a huge opportunity you know and we have choices you know who are we going to be during this pandemic are we going to stay in fear and just you know get super angry and panic shop and get all the toilet paper can we be in a zone of learning can we move up a little bit calm our central nervous system down, you know, ask for help, get some resources, reach out to a friend, breathe and notice your breathing. Can we begin to just realize that we don't have control of anything? The only thing we can control is our breath and our gratitude and our awareness. And all of us are doing the best we can. Can we just notice that we're all doing the best we can, giving the best we can of ourselves, um, before the situation that's super complicated. You know, we don't need to be watching the news 24-7. Um, it's just not very helpful. We stay in and maybe check them here and there, but not necessary to do it the whole time. Um, it's not good for you. And, you know, the growth zone could also be when we're just more aware of the present moment, Awakening to presence with every awareness of breath. Oh, I'm here right now listening to this voice in this podcast. I am here present. We can cultivate gratitude and being grateful for the fact that um, we have this amazing opportunity to be in this bodies. Instead of kicking and complaining about, oh God, when is this going to be over? Just notice that the reason we're so scared is because we have this beautiful opportunity of life. 
So can we be grateful and see how we can be part of the solution? You know, we can think of others, find ways to help and to serve and um, allow this slowing down to serve our 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 nervous system, our cities. There's we already are seeing less pollution, more wildlife coming up. Um, I don't know. There's so many conspiracy theories, and is it the aliens? Is it the Illuminati? Is it the government? Was this virus made up? Was this and then the other? Dude, we don't have to figure it out. It's just one breath at a time. Can we just um? For our own self, see what the opportunity of this brings. And um, this is just how I'm processing <laughs> this recovery. This is the tales of recovery processing for me today. And, you know, hope this was helpful. I am, you know, every morning at 9 a.m. going live with a mindfulness practice on Instagram. If you want to catch, catch that every day, that's my offering. That's my serving. I love it. And I think it's helpful to... Um, to learn how to self-regulate these organic machines that we have so that we can then have space to love, learn, evolve, and serve. Thanks for catching this podcast, and um, may we all be well. May we have health. May we have peace. And may this moment serve us all for um, a deeper and true soft awakening. See you next time.